I'm Josh Liston from On The Bubble Podcast, an oral history of television fandom, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at gunnageeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 178 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss podcast host evaluation criteria. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we fail at designing a paywall. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we collect feedback from around the pod sphere this past week, including a mysterious one from Steven on Twitter. I'm so full of mystery, like the mystery of what we do during the intro when I say, Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 178 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and with me today is SP. Hey, it's always great to be podcasting with the big Steve C. And we have a great show for you today. I can't wait to get into everything. And Stephen, how's your week been? It's been excellent, but better now that I'm podcasting with you. All right. And I like podcasting with you, too. And what we do is we normally start off our segments, our show with a how I saved my podcast story. Now, Stephen, this is where our listeners actually pop in to the show and they give us what has gone wrong with their show and how they saved it. Because as hobby podcasters, we know stuff goes wrong all the time and then we fix it and are able to get that show out and it's a great learning collective learning experience so steven i have to ask you have you saved your podcast recently not more than when i talked about it two weeks ago oh so that's it that's the only thing that you've done i've never saved my podcast at all um and there there might not be something being discussed later in the better pod back. Uh, okay. Per, per, perhaps okay, well, a little bit later. All right. Well, I actually saved my podcast. I actually was editing a show from 2017 that has never made its way out. That will be a story for later, but we had lost one of the files. And I was like, all bummed because while I could have actually edited the show without the file, it was going to be more work and it wasn't going to sound right and everything. Well, as it turns out, one of the files was mislabeled. So I found out which file was mislabeled by basically figuring out that it wasn't part of the show that it was labeled for. And I was able to put it in and edit it. And that show will be out in a couple of weeks. It's Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode number 210. So I saved my show that way, but it won't be out for a couple of weeks. So if you have a How I Save My Podcast story, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. You can go ahead and tweet us at BetterPod. You can head over to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. But best yet, send us an email to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. And if you can, send us a video. 
because we'd love to have a video clip because we do have a full video companion to the show available at betterpodcasting.com. But if you don't want to do the video, feel free to send us an audio clip as well. And when you send these, make sure you mention what the name of your podcast is because we want to go ahead and promote you. But let's go ahead and move on to a segment that is near and dear to Stargate Pioneer. All right, Stargate Pioneer, before we get to the segment, I think you should take a moment here to let everybody know what exactly is going on in your world this week. No, for the audio listener that might not be actually watching the show. Yeah. Yeah. I've reverted to the two microphone setup. So those of you who have not watched the video don't know what's going on. You might have heard a little bit of difference in me at the beginning of the show. But I do have the Audio Technica BP40 in front of me. I also have the Electrovoice RE320 in front of me. We're going to go back and forth a, a few segments. And once I hear the final results, we'll see what I actually stick with. It's been a fun experiment. And we'll see what you like next week when you actually get back to us and say, Hey, I like SP on this microphone. I like SP on this microphone. So... We'll just see what it is and just tell us the segment because we'll be bouncing back and forth between the two microphones per segment. So let us know. And we're keeping track in the show doc. So Stephen knows for sure what's going on. The mystery. We'll make sure to reveal it next week. But in today's feature segment, we're talking about something, like I said, that is near and dear to Stargate Pioneer. Sorry, that rhymed so much. I had to say it twice because in the past, we've actually talked a little bit about media hosts. We've talked about some things that you need to know about media hosts. We've talked about the differences between media hosting and self-hosting your podcast. And we've even talked about how SP would set up a new podcast today if he was starting out brand new using a media host. There's also been numerous times that we've happily recommended Libsyn and Podbean. And conversely, there's been numerous times that we've made it no secret about some of the reasons that we don't recommend certain other media hosts. However, we've never really done an episode where we talk about what we'd be looking for if we were selecting a media host today out of the sea of media hosts available. And today we're doing just that. We're talking about some of the things that we'd be looking for if we were choosing a media host today. Now, if you follow Better Podcasting for a while, you probably know that generally speaking, I'm known as the self-hosting guy and Stargate Pioneer is known a little bit more as the media hosting guy. And the reality is, is that this is because SP has more experience with using media hosts as his primary place for his podcast. So I happily defer to him. And I want to give SP full credit right now before we get into things and maybe you know we'll have a few listeners listen a little harder when i say this but a lot of the things that we're about to discuss are things that sp has actually been mentioning and suggesting for years now in places off of this podcast yes sp i will be nice right now and give you full credit and say that you have been given a lot of these points over on places like Reddit and forums and back when he was on Facebook, Facebook groups. And I think you've done a very bang up job with these considerations. And so I want to give you credit on this because if you have followed Stargate Pioneer elsewhere, you're going to see some similarity to his list that he often 
posts elsewhere when this topic of conversation comes up. Now, we will expand a heck of a lot more than you might have seen elsewise when he's posted this because we're going to go in depth on this. And if he was to go in depth on these discussion points on like Reddit, it would just be a big wall of text, not a paywall, though. Uh, So it would definitely be a big wall of text. And with that said, Stargate Pioneer, take it away with our first point. We're actually going to divide this into two main categories or two main sections. And we're going to talk about the things that might not be the newest to you if you've been listening to the podcast space or reading about the podcast space for a while. Essentially, these are areas that we've already heard as being commonly discussed. And then we're going to move on to areas that we feel aren't very commonly discussed, but are important considerations. And these are mainly the ones that I've come up with over the past two or three years. So I'm going to go through the ones that are common. I'm going to go through them quickly. They are important, but they are very common to hear. And if you have been in the space, we just don't want to bombard you with these again. So we're going to get into it right now. The first one that I'm going to talk about is no distribution caps. So if you're familiar with mobile data plans, maybe you've had a data cap on you per month. Some home internet plans have had and continues to have data caps per month. And if you remember back in the day, if you started out on AOL, you may have used caps from how many hours you could use the internet per month. And remember, Stephen's cell phones used to charge per text message. So you got a little cap on that, or maybe you had 200 text messages that you could send in a month. You remember any of that, Stephen? We're still waiting for this text messages to come to Canada. I'm not surprised. You just send photos instead now? What? Send things? I use my phone to phone people. I'm not sure what you're talking about. And it's a rare used technology capability here in the United States of a cell phone. But in podcasting, you really have no idea how many people are going to download or stream your show every month. So the biggest thing to do, especially if you hit like a, a, a you're featured somewhere, is to protect yourself by getting a reasonably priced plan that gives you unlimited throughput each month. And you would rather have your show available to you every month rather than not available to you every month. Like if you reach that cap on your distribution, like no more data can go through here then your show is not available for people. And by show, I mean like all your RSS feed, your entire back catalog that people can access or apparently not because you've reached that data cap. Some people do have that data cap. So that is one thing. That's the first thing that I go, "Uh uh-uh, it's not going to be a valid podcast media hosting service. The second one that we're going to talk about really quick is what I'm going to call file integrity. Personally, I produce my file a certain way and I give it certain ID3 tags, which we've talked about before on this podcast. I do both of those things for a reason. I don't want my file automatically re-encoded. I don't want the ID3 codes changed at all. I want to keep the file exactly how it is as it is being streamed or downloaded. So keep and maintain that file integrity. The third one I'm going to mention really quick is the RSS feeds and its ownerships. And if you have to change it. We've talked about this before in the RSS feed myth in episode 160, but to encapsulate it really quick, as long as podcasting is going to work via an RSS feed, you need to own it for your show. You need to decide where the RSS is published to. 
everywhere or if you just want to limit it to. And if you want to move your RSS feed, if you want to change where your files are hosted, either self-hosting or another podcast media host, you get to move that RSS feed and you are not held hostage by a podcast media host. Most podcast media hosts have moved to this, but some still do not to this day. So that is a red flag right there. And I've actually done this before with Spreaker. I know Steven's done this before as he's moved from self-hosting scheme to self-hosting scheme. I've done it with Spreaker and my live shows. We talked about it on the podcast before where I have forwarded all those live feeds to my actual feeds over on Libsyn. It was very easy to do. So if you have a podcast media host that's easy to do it, that's great. And that is a checkered flag right there or a green flag right there. The next one I'm going to talk about is storage. Look, storage is relatively cheap. Yeah, it still is going to cost a ton of money for a ton of shows, but it doesn't cost what it used to cost. Now, what's going to catch you are backups, security, and reliability. Those factors do cost, but the actual storage is cheap compared to what it used to do. And there's thus no reason to limit the total size of files in your back catalog. None at all. For instance, Spreaker has a 500-hour limit, and it's a big reason that I don't actually advocate for recommending Spreaker. I I, I don't, because of that 500-hour limit on a $20 plan. Spreaker does balance that by allowing basically unlimited RSS feeds through one account. But say you have five different shows, and you're allocating 100 hours for each of those shows. And if you have evergreen content on all five of those shows, you're going to bust that hosting plan and you're going to have to delete files in order to throw new files on there. So that's why I don't advocate for something like Spreaker that has a limited total amount of storage. The next one that I'm going to talk about is basically knowledgeable, friendly, and timely communication. I don't contact my media host services often. I really don't. I thought you sent them Christmas cards. You know, I might start doing that. But <laughs> may, may, maybe I, I actually contact them with something about my show maybe once a year. I think in the entire time that I've had Spreaker, it's definitely been once. It could have been twice. And this has been since 2013 or 2014. With Libsyn, maybe once a year on all my shows, like all the shows together, maybe once a year. But I don't think it's actually been that much. So when I do contact my media host, I want non-confrontational communication. I want well-understood communications that addresses my issues. And I would also like to be contacted back in 24 to 48 hours. I know a lot of people want instantaneous. I'm not in that much of a rush. So 24 hours is great. 48 hours is kind of pushing it, but I understand, especially if it's like over a weekend and you don't have a staff working over the weekend. The one thing that I really hate, don't send me to a forum to ask a question there. Yeah, FAQs, great, but don't say, hey, get your support from a forum. I, I just, I don't like that. Here's another thing is there is a system-wide issue with your service. I want your company to put that information out to everyone, everywhere, and I want frequent updates and an estimated time for correction. So if you do that, you're good. And if you don't, then I'm going to scratch my head over why I'm hosting with you because I want to know what's going on. Why is my show not available? Why are my stats not available? I mean, that's a little bit excessive, but 
I want to be able to get a sense of when I should check my stats again, because maybe there's a reason. Maybe I'm filling out a media packet for a press pass to some event and I just need those stats. So there are reasons to need the stats, but just tell me when they're going to be back and I'll be great. I've never had an issue with this communication in Spreaker or Lipson, as I talked about just before. But if you have those issues with your media host, you might want to look elsewhere. And bonus points for respectfully handling the information that is discussed with the ticket, meaning I don't want to hear about how I was whining or how I didn't understand what was going on on your social media, on your podcast, on your blog. I don't want to hear about it. I want you to keep that information confidential, even if you are not saying who it is or what the podcast is. I don't care. I don't want to hear about it in the open. If you want to go to your coffee break room or your virtual version of that and talk about it behind closed doors, that's fine. Don't tell everybody what my issue was. That is not cool. Not at all. I I guess maybe if it's a learning point, but I really, if it's a learning point, there's a different way to phrase it. You know, hey, I had this show and this is what happened. No, just say, this is the issues that we've seen and we need to move on with that. So anyway, I just don't want to hear about that. The, the last one that I want to talk about, and we've talked about it before on the show for a variety of reasons, is no freebies. Uh-uh. No way. I don't want to go to that media host only to have it two, three, four years in collapse because you can't pay your bills. Storage costs money. We already talked about that. Security costs money. We talked about that. Analytics costs money. We talked about that. Distribution costs money. And modernization and maintenance of that back end to your podcast media host service costs money. So charge me money so you can keep in business and I can keep using your service. There's no reason not to charge me money. Look, the cost of this stuff is so incredibly low in comparison to other hobbies. Podcasting, even if it's five, 10, 15, $20 a month for your hosting bill, big deal. What do tea times cost? What If you're going to go out golfing, what does a round of golf cost? If you're a fisherman, we talked about this before, how much does that boat cost? And if you're fishing from the shore, how much does that rod cost? How much does that reel cost? How much did the bait cost? How much did that gas cost to get to the lake in or river in order to go fishing? Or in most of the time, in my case, how much did it cost to go to uh, Red Lobster? <laughs> so yes this this is an issue you, you could talk about running running seemingly is this inexpensive sport you actually to do it right if you're going to run long distances you need good shoes you know how much running shoes cost these days about 150 dollars a pair mm-hmm. it, to, to get a decent one that's not going to mess up your feet your legs your knees and stuff like that and you have to keep buying them every few months or every x amount of miles So yeah, this stuff ends up costing money and podcasting at even $20 a month for your hosting fee isn't that much. So yes, I want you to charge me that much so you get to stay in business. All right. That is the end of what is commonly been discussed in the podcast space for hosting, for media hosting, a media (laughs) hosting service. Yes. Now we're going to get into areas that we feel aren't commonly discussed but should be. All right. So the first one that we're going to talk about is easy downloadability for an episode from a web page. 
One of the biggest reasons to choose a media host is simplicity. This is often because those who want to use media hosts don't want the pain of dealing with running a website. In turn, it makes sense that a podcaster's media host, fronting website or web page, whatever they're offering, should have some basic essentials of a website. And this means that the media host itself should have the ability to easily download that audio file from said website. While there is a lot of data to show that desktop use it is rapidly decreasing, there are still cases where users are wanting to listen to the file directly through a website, so that should be easy to be used. There's also cases where users want to actually download your raw podcast file. We think the user should be able to click or right-click on that link easily without having to go hunt or peck through the RSS or XML file or the source code of the website in order to find that darn file. Just make it easy to find that file. We don't want to go and backtrack through iTunes. Just make it easy to download that file. But even putting that aside, it's also really helpful if someone finds your podcast through the website and wants to be able to preview it to hear if they want to subscribe. This is worth considering because even if you're running your own website while you're also using a media host, if you have that media host website going, someone Google searching might happen to come to that media host website and you want to make sure it's easy for them to go, hey, this looks interesting. Let me click it through the method that I want to click it. If they happen to stumble on your media host webpage rather than your main primary website. So this is why we think it's a very important thing to make it easy for users to be able to download the file directly. And also, we want to mention that we have known podcasters which have started running their own website independent of their media host website. Gone, you know what? I really don't want to do this. So my media host webpage actually offers a lot of great stuff, like the Libsyn one can be quite flexible. And they go back to it. They go back to the media host and pack up the other site that they've been going. So don't you want to choose a media host up front that keeps that door open? I definitely do and definitely did. So glad I did, actually. The next point that I'm going to talk about that I have come to terms with over the past few years is you want your podcast media host service to quickly adapt to changing industry standards. I'm going to give the big one right here, the new Apple podcast tags that were announced at WWDC 2017. Since podcasting, I know it's more than 15 years old now, but it's still a relatively new medium. There can be a lot of standards that change and change rapidly. We've talked about and discussed this issue before throughout the course of better podcasting. It's actually why we have the download. These are some issues that we've discussed. Google Play, they made up their own tags. You guys remember that? When Apple changed their tags in 2017, when Apple changed their tags again in 2019. And by the way, the other time that Apple changed their standard on what to actually put in the RSS tags in, in 2018 and 2019. Wow, that's a lot of Apple changes. Hey. <laughs> The point is that things can and do change quickly and rapidly. And if you pick a podcast media host service that isn't willing to put up the effort to adapt, you could run into issues as limited information is being shown on a directory or within a certain podcatcher. 
the wrong information is being shown or possibly not even getting into a certain directory. Let's take Apple Podcasts, for example, like your artwork isn't the right size. Yes, this is an issue because if you started podcasting back when I did and Stephen did, that artwork size that we had when we started off is no longer uh, big enough, basically, to actually get approved by Apple Podcasts. It's worth noting that the term quickly is a bit of a relative term. We're not talking about the next day, although that would be cool. It's not that the media host needs to be the first to adapt either. Sometimes there is a big, okay, what actually is this standard, what it's being used for? It's kind of a waiting period to figure out exactly how to fit the new information into the RSS feed or or wherever it needs to be, right? But they should, once they figure it out, be fairly quickly to adopt to it. So a few months at, at best, right? There are many podcast media hosts that still haven't shown any desire to adopt any of the 2017 Apple standards, by the way, and some which have actually said straight up that they don't plan to. That's for various reasons. I think Google Play Music or Google Podcasts is kind of one of them because they're not their tags. These are the types of media hosts that should have a bit of a red flag when you're considering it from the podcast media host service company. And again, I'll give an example, SoundCloud, they still haven't adopted to the 2017 Apple standards. So why are you using them at this point? It's 2019. It's like two years down the road. You should really find somebody that's going to adopt to these standards. So Stephen, the third one that we're going to talk about is quickly adapt to new publishing destinations. Now, Spotify is actually a really good example of this. Only a few years ago, no one had any association between Spotify and podcasting. Now, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on podcasting. We both have actually had firsthand experiences in recent where we've known people that we've been talking to who have gone to look up a podcast, and what did they pull up? They pulled up the Spotify app. And this is a great example on how podcasters really should try to be on Spotify. But the question is, what's going to be the next Spotify? What is next to be like Spotify? And it's important that you consider this if you're going to choose a media host. You need to consider whether or not they're willing to adapt to some of these potential places and make it easy for you to get on them. A good example of this is when Spotify started, they made the decision to only accept podcasts through Libsyn. Now, other media hosts didn't have the opportunity to get involved with this, but there were several media hosts which were openly campaigning to get Spotify to open up to them. And more importantly, when Spotify did open up, these media hosts were very quick to adopt this. These are the type of media hosts that you want to be paying attention to. You want the media hosts which are wanting to help you get listed elsewhere. And if someone like Spotify opens up an API, a way to get you on there, you want that media host to be working to try to get this accomplished so that you can get on there. That's a really good sign that that media host is looking out for your best interest. The next one we're going to talk about, we've discussed it many, many times before, but it's part of the criteria. It is that the provided statistics, and yes, the statistics must be provided. The provided statistics must be IAB podcast measurement guidelines 2.0 compliant or better yet certified. Now we know what you're saying right now. You're saying, Stephen and SP, 
IAB Podcast Measurements is all about a standard for money. But better podcasting is about the hobby podcaster. Why do you care about money? We know that you're asking this, right? Well, we don't care about that. We don't care about the money with podcasting because we're about the fun and the passion with hobby podcasting. But we do care about the IAB Podcast Measurement Standard. And this is because we believe that the IAB standard is doing a good job of establishing a standard to try to get a realistic number for your podcast. Now, we know it's not perfect, but it does do a good job of creating a standard to be followed. The reality is that many of the media hosts that don't follow this standard have inflated numbers. We've seen it over and over again, specifically when they try to transition to an IAB podcast measurement standard. And this is what you want to avoid. You don't want to go with somebody that's not transitioning or not already on the podcast measurement standard. It's not that we don't want to crush your soul and say you're not getting the amount of downloads that you think you're getting, but we want you to be realistic with yourself. I mean, we did a whole podcast about that earlier on in our run. When you make decisions on your show, it's important you do this using accurate data so that people and you can make a proper decision. Some of the reason behind why we did the episode a couple of weeks ago on the best shows of better podcasting from 2018. This was us showing you that we do go back and we review our show like you should review your show. But it does go beyond this because while we hope our discussion today helps you make a media host decision that lasts a long time for you, the reality is that you could potentially switch media hosts down the road. Now, if you start with a media host, we'll just say A, that doesn't use the IAB standard, and then you move to somebody that does use the IAB standard, you probably will be seeing a drop of downloads per episode when you switch. This can make you wonder if you've lost listeners or you were just misled before. And because you're changing, you might be thinking something's wrong with your RSS feed, like it's broken somewhere and that you don't know where it's broken because the statistics are not similar enough to make that determination. We also want to note that this is our recommendation in April of 2019. If the podcast industry ever changes standards, there's a good chance that we'll change this point to line up with whatever that standard is. And Stephen Hope is hoping that standard is metric. Yes. Yes. Very, very true. It's got to be metric standard. That was a joke. Canadians. That was a joke. Canadians. <laughs> the next point that we've got here is we want the company to be run with above board ethics and have personnel that do not embarrass my brand, which is indirectly associated with your brand. We'll admit that, yes, this one is fairly personal to SPNI, but it does come near and dear to us. And this is one that we think is really worth considering from an ethical standard. If you're going to be paying money each month to media hosting, don't you want that money to support something that you can stand up and not be embarrassed about? Over the years, we've seen a variety of aggressive tactics by a variety of different representatives for a variety of different podcast companies. And this does include some media hosts. Now, the disappointing part about that is that these people who are using these tactics often don't realize that behind them, there is a negative image, which a lot of people see them as and associate with that brand as such. If I'm going to have my website or my podcast hosted on their brand, 
I don't want people looking at that and indirectly thinking that I approve of those practices, which are negative or just don't line up with my personal beliefs because they might see, oh, okay, Stephen hosts on podcast media host day. Therefore, he is willing to support them and say that he approves of those tactics that are being used. Ultimately, this one comes down to us voting with our dollar, that sort of consideration. Indeed. The next one we're going to talk about is that the file should not be masked with a separate URL or also known as the, you know, worldwide web address. The URL of the file should point directly to the file without a visible redirect. Now, this point comes from a bit of what if type situation and one that we've actually seen caused issues before. So over the years, we've seen some startup media hosts use a website link that forwards directly to the file. Usually this redirect is the area that actually captures the statistics for the podcast media host. The challenge is that if somebody happens to point to the area after the redirect, you might lose your statistic tracking because you're leapfrogging that URL. We've actually seen it happen with some startups, and not only that, it can also make utilizing the data really hard to do, especially if it's not uniform or standardized. For example, unsurprisingly for you out there, Steven has actually gotten a little geeky and nerdy and done some scripting involved with his file links that he embeds in his RSS. Now, right now, just don't worry about the why. We'll get to that maybe in a follow-on episode down the road. I just think he's crazy for doing all that coding rolling, hand rolling your own RSS feed, man. But with media hosts that don't follow the standard naming that he kind of uses, he can't automate it. And he would actually need to manually enter data each week, which nobody wants to do. This can also be an issue if you embed the media files elsewhere and later want to switch. For example, if you're using the PowerPress plugin, which is one of the main plugins for self-hosters on your main website, and you embed the audio file in your post from your media host, and then later you want to change your media host, there are a few tools that might help you do a search and replace in the back end to replace the first part of the address that has your media host information in it changing to the new one. We'll just take, for example, you know, the, uh, the Lipson traffic.libson.com slash better podcasting slash file name.mp3. Yeah. So you can actually take that first part of the RSS feed and you can change it to something else down the road if you choose a different media host company. But if the media host has their own naming convention, this isn't going to happen. It's going to be a mess. The other thing worth considering is that there is an optics factor too. If you put in the effort in coming up with a naming structure for your files of a certain way, you probably don't want that naming convention looking like some random name that your media host dictates. I mean, like better podcasting BP 178 or legends of shield LOS 210. I mean, that's a naming convention that you could use to move your podcast from file to file. And it's pretty standard. And yet when you actually click on that link, it's blah, 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 blah. I, I won't even say it. It, it could be USYP6BIGZOSY. I mean, it's like, what is this? I wanted to upload or download BP 179. You're not giving me BP 179. So that's the issue there. Steven, we got a quick one next. Yes. Number seven is be reliable with as little downtime as possible. Maybe I should just say that again. 
be reliable with as little downtime as possible. Ultimately, if you're paying for a service, you want that service. Number eight is what? You want to offer variable plans so you, as a podcaster, can adjust your monthly costs to your release schedule. Now, this is something that a lot of people don't value until they need it. And this is when your podcast media host has more than one plan for an average podcaster. Now, I'm going to say average podcaster because there are some companies over which they do have two plans, but they're an extreme difference. For example, plan A is five bucks a month, but plan B, which you might need because you go over whatever limit that they have actually put in for the month is $50 per month. You're like, I'm not going to pay 45 extra dollars per month when I was originally paying $5 a month. That's just not going to happen. This isn't flexibility as we see it. We're talking more so that there are variable plans that are nominally different in pricing for the average podcaster so that as you grow or as you shrink, you can adjust as needed. And bonus points that the media host operates based on the current upload rather than historical. And yeah, that's a whole issue there. I want to give you a, an example on this that I personally talked about before on the show Voices of Defiance. I had that on the $20 a month plan with Lipson because I wanted to see the advanced statistics with that show. Well, the show's pod faded. It's ended. It's done. I'm not going to continue to pay $20 a month to keep the show going. I don't have a personal website that I can throw an RSS feed and put the files like on archive.org or something like that, like I've seen other people to do. What's even better for me is to slip that Lipson plan down to $5 a month still have the podcast available out there and I don't have to worry about security. I don't have to worry about downtime, reliability. I don't have to worry about upkeep of the RSS. I do have to go in there when the RSS things change and change a few things. So I'm not considered title spamming or something like that. I get that, but I don't have to maintain that. It's great. So the $5 plan on Libsyn is an example of when you've ended your show, all I'm paying is 60 bucks a year. That's not too bad. That's not shabby when you're talking about what to do with a show that's ended. The next one that we want to talk about right now is ensuring that the show is able to be distributed to the country of choice within any existing internet content distribution laws and regulations. Essentially, this one comes down to your personal preference, but comes on the heels of a lot of changes that we've seen over the last few years with a bunch of different countries and their different internet regulations. This is a worldwide thing that has really been happening over the last few years. And with some of these changes that have been coming, there are certain regulations that the countries are putting in in order to help try to what they believe is protect their users essentially by the laws that they have determined is the laws that they want to follow. Now, some of these uh, countries that have done this have said that if they are going to put out these rules, we're going to go ahead and make sure that anybody who is viewing the content from other places needs to follow these rules for my users. And when that happens, if certain websites don't end up following those rules, then they could potentially get blocked from the country or there could be something else issue there could be all sorts of problems that stems out of that it's relatively speaking still early in the days of this so it remains to be seen what will happen but that's the chatter with some places in the world so if you have decided i want 
my podcast to be available in Canada. You want to make sure that you constantly promote Tim Hortons, that you constantly talk about igloos and snow and all other sorts of Canadian things so that the maple syrup, maple syrup, so that the Canadian laws don't end up banning you. And ultimately what this comes down to is that no joking aside, if a, a media host doesn't follow the rules of a certain country, there's the potential that that media host could end up uh, basically getting blocked from that country. And so you want to make sure that whatever region you've chosen, you want your podcast in is able to be there because your media host is following said rules for said country. I think this is important. This is probably going to be the next media host apocalypse or, or whatever you want to call it, because it's not financial in nature. But if your podcast media host doesn't do their homework and they don't actually put the effort in, in order to make sure that the show can be available in whatever country that you want it available in, then you're going to have to go with another podcast media host. And like Steven said, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. It might be that you might see companies break up into different actual countries in the future. Who knows what's going to happen? This is just speculation on my part, by the way. So just stay tuned. This is going to be important if you want your show available worldwide. Now, Stephen, you've been very kind and nice, and we've been playing along with all of the criteria that I have put together over the past few years for a podcast media host service, and you actually have a few other tidbits that you would like, or timbits, that you would like to add. <laughs> well played. Uh, I want to, before I go on with my list, say that right now, if I was choosing a media host, this is where I would stop. I think that th that is the requirements that I would be looking at. I, I agree with SP. I said that at the top. I want to say that now. But these are some emerging things that I, I would like to see considered in the future. And I might think about, but they would be more of a, this is a, an extra plus in the pros column if I was doing a pros cons analysis sort of thing. And the first one is that my media host files end with .mp3. There are some media hosts, including some that I personally do recommend, that don't end the media host in .mp3. And the long story short of this is that with certain applications, generally ones that aren't well programmed, certain uh, web apps, certain other areas, if it doesn't end in the extension, it can cause confusion because the app or the program doesn't really know exactly what it is and it's not programmed smart enough to go, oh, strip out everything after the dot whatever. So really, I would like to see that happen and that would probably give a plus in my columns because again, it just helps make universal compatibility a little bit better. I do get why some media hosts do this, but as as it stands, it is sort of an acceptable practice, but I do think that it would be beneficial to see that changed so that it, it could be avoided and end with .mp3. It just makes more sense. The next one that I would say would be that the embedded file should be mostly the same within the RSS feed as well as other destinations where it is. Now, this isn't to say it's going to be exactly the same because there's going to be some trackability differences generally. So, you know, if it's coming from your RSS feed or elsewhere, but make that simple so that it's relatively the same so that if somebody does want to go ahead and use some code on their website so that they could go and pull those those file names and whatnot and use them in a way because I've said before there's a lot of good reasons to host your file on a media host even if you're running your own website it makes sense to have them follow some form of standard setup 
And I have seen some media hosts where they've just gone ahead and they run completely different naming structures for the entire URL. There's no similarity at all between the RSS feed and elsewhere. It just doesn't make sense to me. The next thing that I think should be considered is essentially allowing the changing of key elements within the RSS feed to minimize how much is absolutely black and white tied to your media host. Now, we talked about a year or so ago about how Google was indexing RSS feeds. In fact, we were happy because we kind of were one of the early ones to say, hey, look, it's definitely happening. And then shortly after that, Google really capitalized by launching Google Podcasts. And this also turned into something that is available through some of Google searches and whatnot. Now, when Google made the podcast requirement, there was honestly not a lot of clarity in there because some things were conflicting with what they had said and actual practice was conflicting with the standard that they had laid out. But one of the things that they specifically said is that the RSS, quote, link tag, the one at the found generally at the top of the RSS feed, it needed to point specifically to the website where we were wanting to have the essentially Google podcast code integrated in within Google search results. And if somebody didn't end up uh, having that there, potentially that could cause problems. Well, the thing is, while that is debatable, ultimately that's what they set. And so I want to see the media host be able to actually allow that change for users and don't lock it down to absolutely have to be tied, those tags tied to the media host. And that takes me to my last point, which is allowing users to really be flexible by offering the ability to assign a domain name to my hosting including the RSS feed. For example, Stephen's paint drawing podcast of doom.com slash RSS should be possible to be used as my RSS URL. Now, I'm not saying that they should offer this for free. Go ahead, charge a fee, but I think that option should be there. I would really, really like to see it so that the media URLs could also use that domain, but I know that it's not happening right now, so I accept that. I would just like to see the RSS be possible to do that. And there are media hosts that absolutely do that. Libsyn is one of them. So in summary, overall, with everything we've said, you have to make the decision that works best for your podcast, your budget, and your level of comfort. And while we do feel that all the points we have discussed have very valid reasons behind the the discussion, These are just our opinions based on our experiences today and what we've seen happen with various changes within the media host space over the last few years. Whether you agree with us or disagree with us, we hope that today, if you are looking to choose a media host, gives you some thoughts on some things you might want to consider when you make that decision. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting download stargate pioneer this one's a little bit of a a quick download but something we wanted to go ahead and mention because we actually both happened to see this earlier in the week and uh thought it was worth mentioning just because of the fact that we're probably going to see this name come up for a little while and this is the debut of a new podcast service kind of called luminary right yeah, Luminary, for all intents and purposes, it's a new app, 
and it's going to contain a paywall behind it. So you can pay, I believe it's $8 a month or $7.99 American or US dollars a month. And they've labeled themselves as the Netflix for podcasts. They backtracked from that, but they had labeled themselves as the Netflix for podcasts. And a lot of people are being skeptical about it because it's a lot of money for relatively unknown shows. I mean, personalities on it are known, but it's unknown. Now, Luminary was backed by about $100 million in venture capitalist funding, and they're really hoping to get in and change the game by really having the uh, subscription model to podcasts be at the forefront. I don't believe that they have any music service, so it's not like Spotify or anybody else that has a subscription service. This is just podcasts. And what was interesting in the particular Forbes article that we saw is they ran down reasons why this isn't going or this is difficult to actually enact and and work and and actually make money. So we're going to talk about that because we feel that that is the crux of where the conversation should really be for any new app that comes into the area or into the space with a subscription model. So Stephen, you had a couple that you wanted to point off off the bat. Yeah, the first thing that I want to mention right now out of this, and by the way, this article can definitely be found at betterpodcasting.com slash 178, is this quote here. Yet there are several reasons why a, quote, Netflix for podcast, end quote, has a hard road ahead. First, unlike music, people have never expected to pay for podcasts. Although music has been available on broadcast radio since the 1920s, music recordings were available since before then. Even during the Napster era of the late 1990s through the mid-2000s, when people with a modest degree of technical savvy could download MP3 files for free, people understood that this was probably illegal and paid alternatives were widely available. In contrast, podcasts were free ever since they started about 15 years ago. I think that's a really interesting consideration because a lot of people do think about music subscription services because really if you think about it when you're looking on your phone you're listening to your podcast but you also have some music streaming apps and whatnot it is a really good point i think that it's different because podcasts started as free but having audio on your computer was usually a paid thing even if you were buying a cd and using a ripper or something like that you still were paying for the cd or buying a record or whatever it was so I, I thought that was a really interesting comparison. As long as the RSS 2.0 technology and process is in play, and as long as you have the hundreds of thousands of shows available, I believe it's over 700,000 right now. It depends on which source you actually go with. I've seen 660, I've seen 700,000. I don't know how much of that is active but regardless, it's a lot of shows out there. So as long as you have that technology available, that people are getting it for free and there's always an option to go with, if you don't like a certain person doing a certain type of show or true crime show or geek news show, you know, you name the genre, there's usually somebody else that you can go to instead. And I find it difficult to think that in that sort of architecture, you're only going to go to an, a streaming app that you're going to pay money a subscription service for to get a few shows. Most people found podcasts to be in the beginning because they were free. 
And they went with, I've heard that story over and over. It was the same with me. I wanted to see what was up with these podcasts. I found out it was basically radio for free at the time. And I was all for it and didn't have advertisements on it for the large part or minimal advertisements. It was good. So you're going to have those sorts of trade-offs. And if you have an independent or a hobby podcast, that's just as good, or maybe, maybe just a smidge less good than another show that's behind a paywall with a staff of 25. I'm going to go with the free one every, every single time because I'm going to get the same information, the same entertainment. I'm going to get the same effect out of it for free. And that's where I think that these podcast apps are going to fail once again, as long as the RSS 2.0 feed structure is still the way that podcasts are distributed. And that might not all happen always. I don't have any information that conflicts that, but that is my fear when the RSS 2.0 feed goes away, then what's going to replace it? And is it going to be paywall behind it? I agree. So it'll be interesting to see what happens out of this. I know they did start off with a few big names. Uh, looks like from looking at what we see today on April 24th, that there is some shows that have moved over possibly, and some that are big names that are starting new shows. So it'll be interesting to see. I I'm curious to see where this goes. But let's go ahead and move on to the better podback. All right, let's kick it off with a couple of responses we got in in regard to the question that I asked last week, which was whether or not Apple should have taken the opportunity since they're updating Apple Podcasts to change the name from saying customer reviews to listener reviews and the two that we got one was from Bandrew Scott and the other one was from Atheist Nomads both agreed with me and said listener uh once uh Atheist Nomads said listener not customer Bandrew said no customer listener would be more appropriate agree but we'll see what Apple decides to do long term mm -hmm. we also had a great tweet from Emily Prokop on her account at Story Behind. She said, at BetterPod is a wonderful resource for hobby podcasters as well. I also love many of these shows that record live and podcasters can meet other podcasters in the chat. So that was a great validation, vindication, and endorsement from Emily Prokop from at the story behind who was nominated recently for a Webby Award. She did not win, but just the fact that as a independent podcaster was nominated for a Webby Award. That was great. And I hope that you voted for her. I don't think we talked about it in time on the show. Voting ended April 19th, but it was fun to see her up for that. Yes. Congratulations on that. We also had a review come in, another review to Apple Podcasts. And you're going to love this because SP usually likes to read these, but I have been working on my Stargate Pioneer impression. I've I've got things ready. I've really prepared it. I think that I have nailed it. And the best part about this, too, is that I'm prepared to make it look perfect for the video viewer as well. So here is our five star review with my impression of Stargate Pioneer. This is a five star review titled Lots of Info, and it was by G345 on April 6, 2019. The review is read as follows, quote, best resources I've heard yet for podcasters recommend for podcasters of all levels, 
the less you know, the more you'll learn. I have been podcasting for two years and had to learn a lot through trial and error. This pod is worth many years of experience and will make your experience way better, unquote. Thank you very much, G345. We saw this review came out, come in and we had a lot of fun with it. It brought smiles to both myself and SP's face. <clears throat> uh, see, I thought that I did a good job of that. I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to talk about that later. Oh, <laughs> uh, in our Discord chat, which again you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord, we had Doorbell Productions say finally found some good compressor info and then dropped a link. Uh, that is available in the Discord, but I'll go ahead and also throw it in our show notes for this episode. And there was also some really good back and forth discussion on Discord about this. So really, if you're not in our Discord, please come on by because there's a lot of really great talent of people involved with the chat. And I'm not talking about SP and myself. I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about a lot of really skilled people in our chat. We also had Stargate Pioneer in there say it's Wednesday, which means we get to record better podcasting. We stream it live so you can come hang out with us and see all of our mistakes. We'll be on Live at 8 p.m. Eastern if you want to join us, to which we had Waffles say my dream is that one day I won't have to record during the show so I can catch it live. Gotta catch them all, Waffles. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> he probably has a podcast on that, too. Lastly, we had some tweets and one was from at Stephen John Drew on April 21st. And he said, getting my at better pod without at Stargate Pioneer. Say what? You may find out in this week's episode when it releases. You might not, though. So what exactly was this? This was this was the mystery. And I think the best way to go ahead and set this up is to to, to watch the last week's opening. Lock your S foils in attack positions and welcome to episode 177 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we're talking about being unique when your topic is in a crowded niche. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we discuss Apple Podcasts doing something amazing for the podcast world, something that truly takes courage. That's right, they made Apple Podcasts, get this, operate through a website. Ooh. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we take listener feedback from our Discord server, including another deal you missed out on. Lauren, start the show now. Now, here's the thing. When you talk about doing something during your intro, you probably want to do it in your show. And last week, that last part that SP mentioned about a deal that you missed. Yeah, you heard that in the posted version, but we totally forgot to record it. So that was me when I was getting ready to save my podcast that SP was to alluding to at the beginning of the show. Yes, we forgot to actually record that part last week. So we had two options. We re-record the intro again, or I just go and fill that in. And so I did. I, I elected to do that instead because of our schedules. It was better because it wasn't until about a day or two later that we realized that this happened. And rather than trying to coordinate a new intro, I just went and recorded in that discussion point, which was all about the wave sale on my own. And it actually, it was the day that we posted it as well. And the reason we knew about this was because in our Discord chat, the Liberty dude actually said 
at SP, I could have sworn before yesterday's better podcasting show, you were going to discuss a sale we missed. And we had a bit of back and forth. And then that was actually the second I saw that I went, oh, no, we forgot it. So if you want to go back and take a look at that, let's go ahead and say, uh, if, if your eyes missed it, there was an Easter egg that I left to show that that was re-recorded. I left a little mm. Easter egg, little little Easter egg there. Yeah, and we'll see if anybody actually pops out with that. So if you have something to say to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at BetterPod. You can join our Discord server at BetterPodcasting.com slash Discord. Or you can send us an email, podcast at BetterPodcasting.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, also, if you are still doing your one goal for 2019, we would love to actually talk about that in a future show. We might just scatter those out into the feedback in the future. So if you have one of those, one more week, we'll make the call. And we'll start going through what we received next week. So there you go for episode number 178 of Better Podcasting. I'm Stephen John Singh. I may be a self-hoster, but I do think that there is a good media host choice to be had. Hey, and I'm SP saying it's been a fun week. Looking forward to next week. See you next time. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Better Podcasting. We want to hear from you. You can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. If you like the show, please consider giving us a five-star review in iTunes. We encourage you to check out all of the other geeky podcasts available at gunnageeknetwork.com. This has been a Gunna Geek production. Thanks for listening, and we will see you again next week.